Hello, my name is Davis Bangui. I just want to thank you again for listening to this podcast. I'm so excited to share with you today uh, the podcast that talks about the throne life reality of a Christian from the point of view of the mercies of God. You see, something wonderful happened at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That event, over 2,000 years ago, was a high water point in history. Why did I say that? You know, today when you look at the uh, the, the dates, you see AD and BC. AD means after death. BC means before Christ, right? Which means the, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ was a pivotal point in history. And that's why you have before Christ. And then after he came and spent three, 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 three years plus uh, on the earth here and then died after his death you then have the after death which is AD and right now we're in the AD era right so the crucifixion and the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus was quite a pivotal point in the history of mankind and it's amazing to know that from the fall of Adam in the garden of Eden to the death of Jesus Christ at Calvary believers of the old covenant like abraham and isaac and jacob looked forward to the coming of the lord jesus christ for example daniel in the book of daniel prophesied the birth of jesus prophesied the crucifixion of jesus moses the lawgiver spoke about the coming of another prophet in the person of jesus christ who is going to come in and deliver the people of israel King David wrote many psalms and songs alluding to the resurrection, to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, even to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ in different psalms. God the Father himself prophesied about Jesus in, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 when he said to this to serpent, and I will put enmity, open hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. You shall fatally bruise your head and you shall only bruise his heel the seed that is referred to in genesis chapter 3 verse 15 was no other person than the person of our lord jesus christ so why is this important well it's important for the believer to understand the frame of reference whenever we quote scriptures to always ask the question is this before christ or after the death of Jesus Christ. Very important. Is it BC or AD? Why AC, uh, BC and or AD signify a point in time in the history of mankind around the delineation of when Christ came and when he, when he was here on the earth for his earthly ministry and after he's gone. It also carries a big ramification and implication for the believer. Why is that? Whilst the believer in the Old Covenant, like Isaac, Moses, and Abraham and Co., looked forward to the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a time when Christ was going to come into the world, believers of the New Covenant, those that came after the death of Jesus Christ, always must look back to the cross of Jesus Christ and ensure that they relate to God based on the reality of what really happened at Calvary. What happened because of the death? What happened because of the barrier? 
what happened because of the resurrection and what is happening right now because of the ascended Christ. Praise God. So let's explore a typical frame of reference actually about the concept of the mercy of God. You see, mercy is God's prerogative and it is his prerogative alone. And mercy really means the compassion and the loving kindness of God. And God chooses to dispense this mercy as he wills. In Exodus chapter 33 verse 19 in the Amplified Version, the Bible says, And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, before you. For I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy and loving kindness on whom I will show mercy and loving kindness. This is God speaking to Moses. At what point in the history of mankind was Moses being spoken to here? Moses was being spoken to here when Moses was going to the top of the mount to receive the law for the children of Israel. And Moses has done before many miracles for the Lord. And he was saying, Lord, if I found favor in your sight, show me your glory. And God said, not a problem. You cannot see my face because if you see my face, you're going to die. But you know, I will pass through the mountain and I will hide you in the in the cliff of a hill. And I will pass through and I will make all my glory to pass before you. Because I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious to. And I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy to. And that is good. That is God's prerogative. God could, can choose not to be merciful and he can choose to be merciful. But the beautiful thing is that as a child of God, God has shown you mercy. It is actually wrong for you to be praying. God will have mercy on whom you will have mercy. And God will have compassion on whom you will have compassion to the new covenant creation believer. Why? Because the Bible makes us to understand in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, that for at one time you were not God's people. At a point when you were born again, you were not God's person. But now you are. Now you are. At one time, you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet. But now you are drenched with it. Think about that. The Bible here is saying, in light of the after-death experience of Jesus, and when you've come into this new kingdom, you have you are now drenched with the mercy of God. Believers often pray like orphans, begging God to have mercy on them, especially quoting Exodus chapter 33, verse 19, what God spoke to Moses when God was trying to make all of his glory to go before Moses under the law. But the truth of the matter is, under the new covenant, we have now received, past tense, the mercy of God. You know, this scripture that I just shared with you now in 1 Peter 2 verse 10, when the Bible says, at one time you knew nothing of the mercy of God, but because you hadn't received it yet. The reason why you don't know about the mercy of God because it has not been given to you yet. Say, but now you are drenched with it. That suggests to me that now you already have mercy. Praise God. Now, the word drenched in that scripture that I just quoted now is from the Aramaic version, which reads, Mercies cascade over you. The picture that I saw here is like you standing under a waterfall and the water is pouring over your head. That is the way the rainfall of mercies of God pours over you. These same words that is used for drench was also used for the children of Israel in the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 2 verse 23, the Bible reads, I will sow out for myself in the land. 
I will also have mercy on her who had not obtained mercy. And I will say to those who were not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. Here we see that Israel also received mercy as a prerogative of God. It is therefore clear to say that the church has been divinely chosen and showered with the mercy of God. This is something that has happened in the past tense. It has happened in the past. This sentence was, this tense is used here, signifies something that has already happened. And it is based on the satisfactory sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Calvary for everyone who receives him. So if you have ever given your life to Jesus, if you have made the Lord Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you have received the mercy of God. God the Father has already freely given you all things as part of his church. And when the Bible says God has freely given you all things, there's nothing left in all things that God has not already given to you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32, in the Passion Translation, listen to what he says. The Bible says, For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his Son. And since God freely offered him up as a sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. The Bible here is saying, if God has already given you the best treasure that he has, there's nothing else left for God, left that God will have to withhold from you. What is it that you're looking for? Including mercy. God will not withhold mercy from you because God already gave you what? The best gift is God. And that gift is Jesus Christ. God will not withhold anything else he has to give to the church, including his mercies and grace, because God has given us his best treasure. In light of this reality, you are therefore entreated to come with boldness to the throne room of God's grace and obtain, which is to take the mercy of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, the Bible says in the Passion Translation, So now we draw near freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned, to receive mercy's keys and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. When you look at this scripture in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, let me read to you again in the Amplified Version. It reads this way. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. That blesses me so much. If you read that scripture again and again and again, this Hebrew 4.16, a couple of things that I want you to take away. The first one is, do you notice that there's an attitude that you are meant to have as you approach this gracious throne of favor? And the attitude described in this scripture is made up of two things. Number one, confidence. The other one is fearlessness. You know, confidence is an attitude that you have because you trusted the person that you are coming to or you trusted the person that gave you the word. Fearlessness is because you trusted the character of that person. You see, at the throne room of grace, there's no judgment, there's no condemnation, there's no fear. That is the reason why you can approach that throne fearlessly. At the throne room of grace, there's no doubt. That's why you can approach that throne with confidence. So God wants you to approach his gracious throne or the throne of his gracious favor with confidence and with fearlessness. Fearlessness. God doesn't want you to doubt when you come into the throne. 
God doesn't want you to be afraid when you come into the throne. Why is that? Why does he not want you to have that? Because when you doubt him and you're afraid of him in the sense of being able, being having a cringy fear of God, you cannot enjoy the benefit of the grace of God. So God wants you to be confident of your position in Christ. God wants you to be fearless in your position in Christ as you approach the throne room. Because when you do that, then you can have boldness in prayer. When you approach God's throne, you must have an attitude of confidence and fearlessness. The other thing that this um, scripture is telling us is that it is only when you have confidence and you approach without fear, that is when you can receive mercy. What does that mean? It's not saying that mercy is not available. It's it's actually saying the word receive here, it means to obtain the mercy, which means the mercy is there, but because you are coming with fear, you are not able to lay hold on it. But if you approach that throne room of grace with confidence and fearlessness, you are able to lay hold, that is, obtain the mercy that is available for you. Now, when do you think mercy is needed? Well, in this Amplified Version, it says mercy is needed for your failure. Oh, yes, mercy is not needed when you get it together. Mercy is not needed when everything is all working in your life. No, mercy is particularly needed when you have failures in your life. When things are not working, that is when God wants you to come to the throne room. But guess what? When we have gotten it wrong, we try to run away from God. But God wants you to run towards Him, not away from Him. The other thing, the third thing I learned from this scripture is that when you receive, it's not only just mercy you receive, you also find amazing grace. You know, grace is the power and the favor of God to live life the way you should live it. Grace also is the ability of God that's available to you when you're tired. So Bible here is saying, in the time when you are so vulnerable, it is the confidence of that you have in God and the fearlessness attitude that you have to come to his throne that will enable you to lay hold on the favor, on the ability, on the power of God that you need in time of need. You know, when the Bible uses the word in time of need here, he's talking about the appropriate blessing that will come for you just at the right moment. Praise God. So when you read the scripture, this attitude of confidence and fearlessness is what God wants you to have when you approach God's throne. The only way to receive mercy, my brother, the only way to receive mercy, my sister, is when you when you fail, you can find God's amazing grace when you are in need. The only way to approach that, to receive that, to lay hold of that, is to come confidently and fearlessly, fearlessly to that throne, knowingly whether God will not push you out. Now, a person who is law-minded, who is whose life is riddled with the guilt and condemnation that the law brings, cannot adequately appropriate the enthroned grace. Why? Because the Bible says, the law worketh judgment. The law worketh wrath, which means the law invoke wrath upon your life. So when you are law-minded and you approach the throne room of grace with a law mindset, you are going to condemn yourself you are going to put judgment on yourself. You're going to put guilt on yourself. Now, when you are guilty and you feel condemned as you come to the throne, guess what is going to happen? Your prayer cannot avail much. When you fail, God wants you to run to him and not away from him. And the only thing that can enable you to do that is if you believe that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation, no adjudging guilty those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation over your life. God is asking you today to draw near to him, not alternately, 
but freely and boldly to the throne room of grace. Will you embrace your father's mercy that's already available to you to take? Listen, my friend, mercy is only needed when you fail and grace is needed when you are weak. But that is precisely what we have received from our father. On the throne room of God, grace is enthroned and that grace is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you know that you are seated together with this person of grace, with Jesus on the throne, where his mercy and his grace cascade over you like a waterfall pouring over your head, then you are able to receive and experience the kiss of his mercy and receive grace that will strengthen you when you are faced with tribulation or challenges. So here is what I want you to do. Next time you feel that God is far away from you, know that this is only in your mind. God's mercy mercy doors can never be shut against you. So in your imagination and out of your lips, what I want you to do is to eulogize the Father, praise Him and praise Him and and make Him big in your heart and rehash in your mind over and over the fact that God will never change. And picture the Lord Jesus as the person of grace that is seated on that throne. Remember, you have come to the throne room of grace, not the throne room of judgment. A picture of grace working for you will cause a wave of mercy to wash over you. Throne life reality that you must take away from this message is this. Mercy is freely offered to all who will come. Mercy is freely offered to all who have been given given their life to Jesus. Since you are son, you are a son of God, or since you are a child of God, or since you are a daughter of God, mercies of God are available to you. You have already received God's mercies. Our throne life reality that we must affirm as we round up this message is this. You must say, repeat after me these words. Say this, because of the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ at Calvary, God's mercies are always toward me. I have received mercy and I choose to walk with the consciousness of the mercies of God in my life. Praise God. If you have said those words over and over and over and over and again, go back and read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10. Go back and read, read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Go back and read that Hosea chapter 2, verse 23. And just allow your heart to receive and believe the truth revealed by this message. And then you realize that things will begin to work for you quickly. You know, and even when you find yourself in a in a rut, you can easily quickly lay hold and grab hold of the horn of mercy of the ark of the covenant praise god jesus christ is the ark of the covenant jesus christ is the covenant one that broke the covenant between us and god and that covenant is shouting mercy is available praise god god has already had compassion on you i dare you to believe it god bless you and i'll speak to you another time